Welcome to Contemplative State with your hosts, Jesse Roth and McKenna Baum. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to Contemplative State. <laughs> we are going to just flow today and see what happens. Let, um, let source guide our course today, if you will. <laughs> So to start, we're, Jesse and I, before we started recording, wanted to do some deep breaths and some meditation together. So just to like get on the same wavelength. Um, and we thought we could offer that at the beginning of this podcast. So get to a comfortable place or you can just listen and take in the vibes, whatever you're doing. Um, and we're going to meditate together just, just for a little bit. Okay, go ahead and get yourself in a comfortable position if that's available to you. Close your eyes and begin to tune into your body. Just starting to take notice of how your body feels right now. How does your heart space feel? Does it feel tight, heavy, open, relaxed? Do you feel giddy and excited about something? Do you feel calm and centered? Just bringing your awareness to this space and taking note of what it feels like. And as you continue to breathe here, inviting I want you to call in, just set the intention here of calling in whatever is most supportive for me in this moment. Holding this intention that you will receive exactly what you need right now in these few moments that we have together. And with all meditation, really becoming the observer here. There's no need to criticize or judge yourself. There's no reason to feel that you should be feeling any which way, that there should be any expectation. You're just allowing your body to be a body right now. And I feel called to share what I'm experiencing in my body as I'm speaking. It's almost as though I'm experiencing my body as a tree, like the trunk of a tree 
or a stone pillar. I'm feeling the sturdiness, the groundedness, the lack of chatter in my mind and tension in my heart. And the more that I just allow myself to sink into this feeling, to just let this feeling grow and spread through my body, the more, I wanna say alive, this sensation becomes. I feel the sturdiness and the centeredness, but I also feel the movement, the way that water will move up and down a tree's trunk. I feel the subtle expansion and gentle contraction, a trunk breathing. And listening to my intuition, I'm allowing this feeling to move into my head. And just like the branches of a tree or leaves shooting out, I'm allowing my mind to just be free, to detach from form or structure what I think I should be thinking how I think I should be feeling and just allowing this, you know, like these branches growing out, like new tendrils reaching out and taking in information from this very organic, innocent place. This is just what a tree does. This is just what we do. And I feel a rootedness beneath me that reminds me that I am safe on this earth and in my body. And this feels complete to me, so I ask you to return to your breath again, Taking some conscious breaths in and out. Bringing awareness back into your body fully. Asking your presence, calling it back to you, asking it to remain anchored in you right now, right here, right now, in whatever room or place or earth you are on. Bringing yourself completely back to the present moment. And I want to invite you, when you come out of this, to write down anything that feels important. If there's anything you want to take note of, I want to invite you to take the opportunity to be 
a bit creative here and let it keep flowing. You're welcome to pause the podcast right now if you want to take some time to do that. Otherwise, come fully present. Jesse and I, we can open our eyes. You can open your eyes if you had them closed. <sighs> and return back fully to this space. <sighs> Thanks, McKenna. Mm -hmm. I never want to leave that space afterwards. It feels so good, especially when it's a group. It just oh, it feels so nice. Agreed. Yeah, it feels like there's been a lot of opportunity lately to just like... Yeah. Like just recenter ourselves, you know. Mm. I'd love to know what you were feeling in your body during that or what you experienced being led in meditation. Yeah. Um I really <laughs> I was like when you were speaking, I I kept feeling like I felt electricity like mm -hmm. in a very gentle way. It wasn't like shocking or like even really invigorating but I like I could feel it like underneath my skin a little bit and I kept feeling like I felt like moss must be I don't <laughs> I mean I have yet to speak to moss so I'm not sure <laughs> how it feels but I it's it was like this like you know, when the roots are like in the soil, um, cause like there's this moss that grows in front of my house. That's like, I don't even know if it's a moss, it's like a greenery of some kind, but it like, it grows really low to the ground and it's really dense. Right. And it like, it's really tucked into the earth. Right. <laughs> like, and you can like put your feet in it a little. And it's like, I don't know, that's kind of how I felt. It was like anchored in right. The soil, but like, that electricity of like aliveness of like of like that life force moving without anything needing to move mm. um that's it's funny because i feel like when i am in that space and i can feel it on like the outlines of me the electricity like surrounding my form my inside always feels I want to say empty, but not empty, but like a void space where it's like, ooh, anything is possible inside this electric, you know, like this electric body of mine. <laughs> um, so that's that's how I felt. Yeah, definitely um, an electric energy radiating. <laughs> There's something something has changed in the air recently because i think i have experienced this electricity that you're talking about it's like it's like there's this activation present but it's it's very like earthly like it's you know what i in the past if i had said activation or, or electricity even you know you think of something like super zingy and like and charged up and like really like heightened, you know? And what I've been feeling is this activation that's so like 
like I was describing with the tree branches, it's like very mindful and organic, you know, and there is like this aliveness to it, but there's like a gentleness to it too. That just feels like, feels like this like return to Eden, you know, this like return back to the earth of how I'm experiencing it is kind of like, feels like returning back to maybe the way we're supposed to function as people having this groundedness but still this like drive and like fire inside of it <laughs> i love that it's um i'm like <laughs> when you were saying that i was having like this vision of like a river mm. and yeah I'm like still kind of calling in like, okay, what does that mean exactly? But when you think about it, like the earth itself, like the planet itself is, is electrically charged, right? And so it carries its own frequency. Mm -hmm. um, and as, and of course, then we also carry our own frequency being that we are kind of like a reflection of the planet herself, but mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I've been feeling that too. I, oftentimes when I, <clears throat> when I guide clients in meditation, like I, and I, I like have them become aware of their body. I always call, like call them to like become, a, become aware of the spaces between their toes or between their fingers or there's the space between your skin and the air because, mm. And like, I, it's funny because like I wasn't taught that or anything, but like that just like naturally is what I have felt led to draw attention to in meditation is because it's almost like we forget about the space between. <laughs> like we're like, you know, it's easy to become aware of like your tangible body, you can put your hands on yourself, you know, on your arms and your legs or your face or whatever. And like, you know that it's there, but it's like another layer deeper to recognize the space between your fingers or your toes or the space between where your skin meets the air mm -hmm. and it just like there is always this like tangible energy between between the spaces you know in the space between and it's really interesting because i often feel that in relation to life, you know, we're, we're consistently, you know, oh, I'm here, or I'm there, or I'm going there, or I was there previously. But we don't allow ourselves to be comfortable in the in between space. Um, like between like meeting where, you know, the goal that we're trying to meet and where we are now, or, you know, like, I don't know of an even better example, but like, it just feels like we get lost in like, we need to be where we think we need to be instead of being in like wherever we're at. Like, I think Jilly always says, you know, meet yourself where you're at and do the best you can with what you have. And it almost to me like that makes sense of, of like the in-between spaces of like meeting goals or um just like the expectation we have of like 
where we should be at any certain moment or what we should be doing or how we should feel instead of co coming into that like hi this is where we are and like it could be a space between there's there's also a quote that says like um i'm in the middle of like uh, i'm not quite there yet or i'm how does it go do you know which one i'm talking about is it like you're like in the middle of transformation, right? It's like, I'm not who I was and I'm not who I'm going to be. <coughs> I am who I am. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So that just the electricity and like the space between made me think of that, like in relationship to our life. Like, I almost want to ask the question of like, okay, if you can, if you can call your attention to the spaces between your fingers and toes and like recognize that feeling, right? What does that feel like? Where, where in your life can you feel that too? Where in your life are you in the space between? And can you call your attention to what that feels like? That's interesting because we're always in the in-between, aren't we? <laughs> right? Like, and it's just, uh, yeah. And it's, go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, like, isn't that funny that, like, mm -hmm we are always in the in-between and the now moment is that life is that always and if we can recognize that that's where the electricity lies mm. we can fucking tap into it yeah like it's like where your power lays yeah <laughs> the now moment <laughs> But it's like, you know, I think that that, I, I feel like the now moment is, oh, you know, and I'm, I feel like I use it a lot too, but it is kind of overused, you know, it's like, some people hear that and like, but what does that mean? <laughs> like, what does that feel like? I have no idea. Because we're so programmed to be either in the past or in the future. We're not, we're not societally programmed to be mm -hmm. where we are. And, you know, or even with ourselves, you know, like one of the things that's been coming up lately in conversations I've been having is this idea that um, we're programmed really to be like robots, right? Like we're programmed through school or whatever, like all sorts of things to believe that our life is supposed to be like this linear path. Like you, you go to school, you know, you grow up, you go to, you go K through 12 or whatever, maybe even your homeschool. <laughs> and then you go to college, then you get a job, then you buy a house, you get a car and you probably get married and you have kids. And I know that that's changing a lot. You know, that's changing a lot lately. There's a lot of young people who are like, sh sh shifting it up, you know, like maybe they don't go to college. Maybe they do a startup. Maybe they, travel, whatever, like a lot of things are changing. But in my, you know, when I was growing up, that was like the thing you like go to school, you, you know, do yeah. the whole thing. And we even like movies and TV, like show life going a certain way. 
people mm -hmm. acting a certain way, being a, like the stereotypes and all that. And what I see happening is like, we're, we're deprogramming mm -hmm. into this. I wrote earlier this week, like equality truly comes from compassion. Mm -hmm. Like we, like what I've been seeing is like, you know, on the news or TV or whatever, it's like, we all want the same thing. We all want everyone to be free and to be able to be themselves and to just be equal, all of us. And what I see is that we're, we're forcing it, right? We're like, you better believe what I believe so we can all be equal. You better, you know, get your shit together so that we can all be equal, right? Or you need to change this. You need to do this. You need to do that so that we can all be equal. Mm. And I, so part of my like gene keys and <laughs> because I've been studying that is one of part of my mission here is, is tender equality. And I was like, contemplating like, what does that even mean? Like, what does that mean? <laughs> like, I have no idea. And um, I was really tuning into it. And tender equality is truly, it's driven by compassion. And the way that true, true equality will take place is when we remember that we're all human and first, we allow ourselves as individuals to be human, mm -hmm. not be a robot, to choose for ourselves how we want our life to look and which way, which path we're going to follow to create that life that feels good all the way down in our bones, that feels fulfilling, that is like nourishing to our bodies. And then allowing other people to also be human and to me that is allowing people to be in their emotion mm -hmm. even when it's uncomfortable to like not try to change it or fix it but just like i see you i've been there yeah i love you like that's what that's what brings us like it levels the playing field to say i'm a human I'm, I don't always like, I love using this example. Like in our world, they say like, when you go to your job, you leave your emotions at the door. You go to your school, you leave your, like, you don't get to be a human when you come here. <laughs> you can't have emotions. You leave them at the door because you got to get your job done. And I always thought that was like the most, like, I was like, how do people do that? <laughs> I don't know how to function that way. <laughs> um, and that's what I see happening on like the societal level. It's like society is like one big job. Just come to work and do your job and don't let your emotions like convolute the waters or like muddy the waters. When in reality, if we would allow one another to be human, we would have more compassion. Mm. And we we would become equal because we'd be like, oh, I see you. Wow. That is powerful emotions, you know? I'd love so, to hear your thoughts on this too, McKenna. I just, this kind of took a weird turn. <laughs> well, I feel like this ties into what we were saying about the in-between space because the way that I kind of see it is like, you know, like, okay, right now, the way that we sort of, um, uh, 
uh, like describe our life is by like the the faces that we wear, right? You're like, I, I am a student, I go to school, and then you get out and you're like, I am a business person, you know, like, and it's sort of like, it's like we have these markers in our life, you know, these like these single moments almost. And the way we've been doing things, the way we've been describing life is by these markers, right? And like, but everything in between, like, that's what we all have in common, right? It's like that, you know, you might call it like that struggle or that like those emotions that we're processing, like all of the stuff in between, it's kind of like, I mean, I see it as like as water, you know, and like these are almost like, they're like rocks or like, you know, the student and the business person. <laughs> and then everything in between is like, is like water, you know? And it's like, we're all just like flowing and figuring everything out. And if we can like acknowledge like, oh, we're all, we're all swimming in here together, just like trying to figure things out, you know, and pay, like give attention to that in-between space as well as those markers. Cause those markers aren't inherently bad. You know, like, I think there's a lot of power that can come from, you know, or a lot of, um, like pride and like and yeah. that you feel from having those you know um yeah there was something else i wanted to say but that feels okay right now <laughs> yeah i i love that you you said that too about like the markers are not inherently bad like the program itself isn't inherently bad like it's okay to want those things even you know like to go to school or to have a family or to be a business person um you know, that's what I thought I wanted when I was, you know, 23. And it's, it's funny how, I guess, I guess I'm saying like, allow the in-between to influence what you want your markers to be. Just because those are the markers that are like set up for us or like that society says like, these are acceptable markers to, you know, do whatever, like what, if, if, if you got rid of whatever society said, what would be, what would be the things that would be like, feel accomplished for you? Cause like to me, sometimes when I go out and I go for a run, that's a huge marker. <laughs> I'm like, dang, I feel good. You know, or when I am on a streak of like eating really healthy for a while, like that is a huge marker for me. And to say it out loud sounds like my ego is like, ha that's stupid. No one's going to care about that. But like, I care about it. So it's like, I almost feel like we are having this amazing opportunity to redefine our programming and not like, you know, not throw it out the window. Again, like you said, all those things are good and well, if if that's what you want, right? Because you may feel the pressure to do those things even though that doesn't feel aligned for you. And so it's almost like we get to redefine our markers, our like life pillars. <laughs> like like as, as you're speaking, the thing that's coming to my mind is like, okay, how do I do that? It's like, you know, we talk about this stuff a lot and how, like, how are we supposed to get there? And I feel like what we started with, like what you were talking about, feeling the spaces in between your fingers and stuff, little things like that, yeah. like they do re, it's like reprogramming your mind. You know what I mean? Like it's all connected, right? Like feeling into those that void space within you, right? You were talking about the electricity on the outside and just feeling like empty. 
and that's not a bad thing, right? It's, it's space for new creation. And I feel like, I just think we get really overwhelmed about like, okay, great. Like, I don't like my life, you know, I, I don't like my old life or whatever, but like, how, do, like, what is supposed to happen in the middle? How am I supposed to get there? And we have, we actually like have quite a few tools that are so like simple and grounded and like even can just have to do with your body about with this in particular, it's just like noticing, noticing those things, noticing how it feels. You know what I mean? Like allowing yourself to to be in limbo for a little bit and just like getting it's like we are you're um what's the word? It's like you're reattuning to that frequency. And then you, and that way you're welcoming it into your life. Yeah. Hundred percent. I always say one of my favorite mantras is hold the vision, trust the process. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't always happen the way we think it's going to happen, but if we hold the vision and we know that we will like that we already have it because we desire it, that's enough and we'll get there. And it's funny because sometimes the course changes and you're like, "Wait, I'm I'm refining even what I want." Cuz we're consistently evolving in and of ourselves as we learn more about ourselves. So like you could think, right, okay, right now I want to, this is my ideal, right? This is what I want my life to look like. And then in six months, you reevaluate, you like revisit and you're like, ooh, I've refined that vision. It looks a little different, but it like the essence of it is still the same, right? And like having that opportunity and the flexibility and the detachment to mm -hmm. allow yourself, allowing yourself to evolve and not attaching too much to how you think you need to be in each moment. Um, because that programming runs so deep, you know, like I cannot tell you how many like layers I've had to peel off, how many times I've had to like go around the block and do this again of like, okay, I'm releasing attachment. I'm just like flowing in the in-between space. And then it's like, I find something and I'm like, oh, okay, this is my rock. This is my next thing, you know? And like start identifying with it. And I start doing a bunch of work around it. And then like it disintegrates because it's like not actually, that's not my next destination. You know what I mean? But we like, we, we just, we want, we want that rock so bad, you know, because that's, that's what's around us. That's what we've been taught to look for. You know, we're not, we haven't really, our bodies don't always know what it feels like to swim for a long time. It's what you, yes. <laughs> I want to just uh, add on to that because when you were talking, I kept hearing what we're searching for is stability and security. That's what we're taught to look for, stability not shaky ground, not sandy spaces, the rock that like we could build our house on and nothing will knock it down. And like, we will be safe and we will be supported and we will be secure. And it's funny because I don't know if we were talking about this the other day or if I was talking to someone else, but um, go. it was like, it's almost like the hunter gatherer before industrialization, before before people settled anywhere and planted farms and all that, which again, not bad, um, mm -hmm. it brought us to where we are now, right? <laughs> um, but hunter-gatherers, like, they went out for what they needed when they needed it. 
and mm. they said they would find it. And yeah. they always had what they needed. And if they didn't have something, I feel like, and maybe this was like me in a past life, I have no idea, but I feel very, like I feel it intensely in my body when I talk about it. So I feel like I understand it on a, like a lifetime level. Like I was probably there at some point. Um, they kind of just accepted whatever was rather than, you know, like, uh, I don't have enough or like, well, if I can't find food today, I guess I'm fasting. <laughs> you know, like we intermittent fast now. <laughs> we choose it. We choose to fast now, you know, to like, okay, I'm just going to take a break from eating. But they didn't have to, like, it just happened naturally for them because they couldn't find food. So they just took a break. <laughs> and then they found food when they found food. You know, they like trusted the process. They trusted each moment as it was happening. I think you said that the other day. Trust the moment. Trust the moment that you're in that it's enough. And what I kind of see happening now is like, obviously we're not going back to hunter gatherer, but energetically we're kind of leaning into this trust that, that those people had that like they would find what they needed when they needed it. And that they would, you know, they would create the tools they needed. They would be inventive and like, the reason that we are programmed now in this society to find the rock, you know, the one, the ultimate rock, the American dream <laughs> is because we're afraid, like we've, we've spun out into this, I won't have enough or I'll die. Like, cause that, I feel like ultimately like hunter gatherers, that's what they, you know, that that's what bred industrialization and settling and all of that is because, well, we don't want to die. So we'd like to live longer, which is great. But like, this could go into a whole conversation about like death being an illusion and like, we're infinite. So these bodies can disintegrate, but we will go on forever. You know, like, we could get into that at another time. But, but what I see us doing energetically, and even mentally and emotionally is kind of going back to this deep trust of the moment and deep trust that the universe is always reorganizing itself and to us it can feel like chaos but it's always a structure yeah. it's always reorganizing itself into the highest and best for all involved yeah. and i think we're we are remembering that we are always provided for like if if you are alive if you are here listening to this podcast you have always been provided for and it may you know there may have been times where you had less than you wanted to or less than felt comfortable in that moment but I mean, I do think, I do think death is a part of that, right? It's like, it's like, but you are still here after all of this, you actually have had enough because you are still here right now. And yeah, I feel like we are, I mean, I can at least speak for myself, that that's like a, a narrative that I'm changing in my mind of like recognizing that I am always provided for and it does something like it changes something going back to this like metaphor of, of the rocks and the, the in-between spaces, the water, right? Because I was definitely somebody who like 
I want that stability. <laughs> and it's something that I for sure still work on and like comes up a lot, like need to know what's going on, like not don't need to control everything, but I need to feel safe. You know, it needs to feel like solid ground. And, um, you know, so the water that in between state has been really, really uncomfortable and has felt really unsafe. And what I've noticed is that as I've shifted my perspective and understanding that I am always provided for, that I do always have whatever I need, even though my ego may think I need something else, those waters don't feel so scary anymore. You know, I, I feel much more, the word I use is centered. It feels like, okay, it's almost like, I want to say it's like, I got a boat now. I'm like, but I'm good, you know? I'm good with it. I'm a good swimmer is like, I guess a better, a better way to yeah. put it. That's awesome. I, while you were talking, I was having this vision of you, like, or maybe not you, just anyone, like, but specifically because you were talking between, so here's a rock and here's a rock and like, you're coming from this rock to this rock and you're in between and say it's a, it's a, it's a long distance, right? And you're not going to swim consistently that whole time. Mm -hmm. You're probably going to take a moment or two to like float and like let the water hold you so that, that you can rest. And then you'll swim again when you've regained your energy, right? So like rest is a part of this as well, it feels like. And I also want to say in, in regards to like death and its thread that it plays or like the, its role that it plays in this conversation, um, Richard Rudd in the Gene Keys always talks about how um, the root of all fear is non-existence. So most of our fears that we experience in this life, in our humanity, are rooted in our fear that we won't exist when our body doesn't exist. And you, that could go as far as like, I'm afraid of spiders. <laughs> Why are you afraid of spiders? Well, it might bite me and I might die. <laughs> like, I know that's a silly one, but like, I loved because I, I also had a very strong fear of death. And I would say I, it's a continual process for myself. Um, but I, I think I've come to, I've come to an acceptance that it's a part of our experience as a soul having a human body, um, that we, we can't stop it from happening. So how can we, how can we accept it as a part of the journey. Um, but knowing that all fear resides in the fear of non-existent, it not being non-existent, um, it's helped me resolve a lot of my fears and like kind of like whittle my way down to, oh, death. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm afraid of that. Okay. <laughs> And really what it comes down to with our fear of death in my, in my experience, my fear of death is just the fear of, of the unknown because I've never experienced death. Not that I can remember, <laughs> not in this current lifetime, you know, and being able to admit to ourselves that we were like, yeah, I don't, the unknown kind of freaks me out. 
like that also levels the playing field because we all feel that and or we have felt it at one point or another you may not feel all the time i think that there's certain hurdles that we've jumped you know to recognize like some of the unknown is fun that's what an adventure is <laughs> you know um but really like being able to be honest with ourselves and with others that like yeah that kind of that's kind of scary <laughs> As you were talking, I was like, I just, I feel like I've never put myself, I, how do I say this? Like, I've never, like, actually imagined myself being old on my deathbed and dying. Like, as you were talking, I was like, whoa. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> you know, like, I, I don't fear what's past it because I know there is something else there, you know, like I've, even just like I've spoken to people who've passed like I know that it's not just an end but I just the actual like process of it I just was just sitting in that <laughs> feeling it yeah I I feel like there's a like a form of yoga or tantra that like that where you're supposed to contemplate your own death mm -hmm. I remember um one of my friends and teachers um Adriana her telling me like, it's healthy to contemplate your own death. Mm. It's necessary to contemplate your own dying. And not in like a, a weird morbid way, but just like, what would it feel like to die? I mean, I, I have a very vivid imagination. And ever since I was a small child, I used to have like deja vus of like bad things happening for like all my life up until like a couple of years ago. <laughs> I don't know what I what I shifted inside of myself, but I don't get them anymore. Um, but I personally have for most of my life been able to imagine like 800,000 ways I could die in a day. And like, it doesn't debilitate me, but I'll just be like, whoa, why did I just <laughs> like, why am I seeing that? You know, like, why am I daydreaming about <laughs> dying in a tragic car accident or whatever? Like, and I don't really tell people this, so like I feel a little bit exposed saying this on our podcast that people will listen to, but it's true. Like I ever since I was a little kid, I can remember like seeing and feeling ways I could be dying in any moment. Because really that like we don't have any control over it. But I've learned to allow it. Like I re I like I'll like reshift my thought when it's happening. I'm like, "No, nah, I don't want to think about that." You know, like I don't want to like focus my energy there. But recognizing it as a yeah anything anything's possible i guess <laughs> like, it, but it, it it feels i used to think i was kind of crazy that i did that right and when adriana told me like it's healthy to contemplate your death i actually like took intentional time to sit with myself and like think about dying and and what that would feel like and why i'm so afraid of it and, you know, the wake it would leave behind around, you know, for the people that I love. And like once I really sat with my own, um, my own humanity, you know, my, um, I know there's a better word for that, but it's not, that's it right there. What'd you say? My own mortality. When I sat with my own mortality, it really kind of cleared that channel. Like, I don't think about it as, like, I don't think about dying as often as I used to. And 
it doesn't come, I don't get those flashes all the time, you know, like I get them occasionally, but um, that's just like PTSD, I think, from like road rage and stuff. But um, I feel like it's, a, it's an important practice. And I, I personally would recommend it to anyone, like to sit with yourself and write about, you know, or even just think about it. Like, what would it feel like to die? What would be my ideal, like in death? Like, do I want to die at, you know, a hundred years old on my deathbed surrounded by my family or in my sleep or, you know, like what, what's the ideal for death if we have to experience it? Like who would think that that's something you could like a perfect death is something we can manifest like or create that reality. I've never thought of that before, but that's kind of cool to think about now. Like what would be my perfect way to go? You know, some people would be like, I want to go like hell on wheels, you know, like just like partying my eyes out. Like some people want to go that way, you know, but like it just, it feels like an important practice to lean into the fact that death is a part of our experience in this matrix currently. Yeah. Um, it's, I, first of all, it's very interesting to me because this is not, I mean, I guess we have never really talked about death in this way before, but we've talked about death before. And I know that, um, I want to say that you've, you've, that you've done your own work around death. And it's interesting to me that we've talked about it so many times and I've never really like sat with it myself. And like, even hearing you talk right now, I'm like, this is really uncomfortable. Like, and, and I was, after I said that, um, that I'd never contemplated my own death, I was like, why is that? And I think that I, I want to say that I have so much trust or certainty of like there is a mission I'm here to do and like you know if I do have a fear like I'm on an airplane and I'm like oh my god what if the airplane crashes I have a moment that's like that's not gonna fucking happen because <laughs> it's like no, you're, here to do things. you're here to do things and like it's just not and so I think I've had like so much so much just like certainty there that I've never been like okay but eventually <laughs> eventually that's gonna happen and I yeah Go ahead. Yeah, I I love that perspective, by the way. Like, yeah, that can't happen because I'm here to do shit. Like, uh, that's not going to happen. <laughs> Just like, nope, <laughs> don't even worry about it because you got a lot, you got a mission to complete, you know. I feel like that's like really bolstering um, to the spirit when you, you just know, like, now's not my time. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. We can think about that later. But like, now's not the time it's happening. Um, but I, I did, uh, like a exercise with my business coach, um, uh, like a month or two ago. And it was really cool. I think I shared this with you, but I'll share with our listeners. Um, like she takes you through like three, three different questions, you know, like one is a, like a little more broad of like, if you didn't have to worry about anything, like what would you want to do, right? Like how would you spend your time? What's a day in life look like, you know? And then the next one is like, you find out you're, you only have, you know, three months to live. How would you spend your time? What would be unfinished? Blah, 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 you know? And then the last one is like, okay, you've, you find out tomorrow's your last day. 
how how would you spend your time like what what would you what do you wish you would have done right and it was really interesting because the the ones that had like you know longer you know a longer timeline or whatever i could i came up with a few things that came to mind pretty quickly but when it was like if it was tomorrow that was like the question if tomorrow was you know you were gonna go um I I like had I like I was in a different room than her right she was like taking a break and I was like do it working on this and I was like um I need some help with this one <laughs> and I was like I feel like I'm trying to force to come up with something to put down here and she goes oh no that's not the purpose of the exercise she was like if there's if there's nothing and you feel complete that like there's not like you could die tomorrow and be like fulfilled then right i'm complete like i feel fulfilled i'm complete like that's an acceptable answer and i was like kind of surprised that like that was my answer like that i was having to like try to force something out to like give an answer but like i really did feel like if tomorrow were my last day i i'd be okay like I, I love, you know, I have the love of a partner. I, I'm very close with my family. I have, I have successfully done things to a point where it's like, it feels like I, I, I crossed a hurdle, right? Like I did things. <laughs> we may not look as grand or as spectacular or like financially amazing as, you know, 20,000 other people, you know, in the world or, you know, famous people or whatever, but I feel very accomplished so far. And yeah, I still struggle with like, like right now, I'm still struggling with like, well, well, why isn't it working out the way that I want it to work out right now? Like, I'm not seeing what my ego thinks I should be seeing in this moment. But overall, if tomorrow were my last day, I would go out being like, yeah, I did everything I wanted to do. And I, I will, I'm just going to say, I'm like going to pat myself on the back because I don't think five years ago, I would have been able to say that. And I don't think 10 years I would have been like, I really do feel that that in itself is a fucking accomplishment. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, that's beautiful. <laughs> you. I find it really fascinating. <laughs> I find it really fascinating that we're talking about death right now. I don't want to say why. Sorry, inside information. <laughs> Jesse and I, I find it really interesting that we're talking about death in June. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, I can share that insider bit with with the community. I'm I'm totally. You to. I'm not trying to put you on the spot. Yeah, I just no, no, no. Um, it doesn't because, like, to be honest, it feels like that. Okay, so the background to that um, is, I don't even remember when it was, but it was like last year sometime. Um, I was meditating and I heard very clearly like a whisper in the ear, um, that I was going to die in June. And 
it didn't frighten me. I was like, oh, interesting. <laughs> like that was my response. I was like, hmm, okay. Because oftentimes I feel that we receive messages and our mind interprets it one way and our spirit knows the truth, <laughs> essentially. But um, it was really, because this was after I had done all, a lot of the, my death work, you know, around contemplating my own death and like many years after, like I feel like I did that like a handful of years ago. Um, and I really truly don't feel as though it's my physical death. I think something else is happening, <laughs> you know, like, um, and like McKenna and I had talked about it previously, um, and she was like, well, maybe you're going to have like a near death experience, which I've never had, which I kind of think would be cool. I don't want that, but <laughs> you know, like, I'm like, okay, I guess if that's it, like, I'm kind of like open to the interpretation of like, whatever that means. Um, so, and, and there's a lot of shifts happening right now, you know, there's, and I'm a personal believer that we go through ego deaths constantly. <laughs> so it could just be another layer of my ego that's dissolving into the infinite, um, the infinite abyss. Um, but yeah, so that's what she was talking about when she said that, um, <laughs> referencing the fact that I had received a message that I was going to die in June and it's June. And uh, I am turning 35 next week. So that was always like, oh no, big mile marker, you know, like on the, on the road to aging. <laughs> like, um, but I've always also, I'll just throw in there that like, I've also always been a person that is like, you can't fight getting older. So you might as well do it with joy and grace and not be like melting into like a puddle of, sadness because you're turning 30 or 40 or whatever like embrace your aging <laughs> embrace the wisdom that you receive <laughs> as, as you get older um and just like like love the hell out of yourself you know like that's how I feel I'm like oh fucking turning 35 this is so weird I because I feel 25 in my heart and I feel like I'll always feel 25 um, you know but but being in your 30s fucking rocks. I'm like, yes. <laughs> being in your 30s is awesome. Like 30 is the new 20. So for any of you who are worried about your 30s, don't. It gets better from, from here. <laughs> I just wanna I wanna take a moment and just share with everybody in case you're unaware that Jesse will do this type of work with you one on one if like death is something that you are contemplating or you know you need like a neutral space Jesse is such an incredible space holder for you to just like feel whatever is coming up and like I mean I can feel I'm like we're gonna have to have a conversation after this because everything that you're sharing is stirring things inside of me so I just want to like she didn't tell me to say this. I just, want to, <laughs> I just want to share that this is work that Jesse does. If you feel called to this, you like the way she's speaking, you like what she's sharing, please reach out because I have personally experienced some incredible transformation by working with Jesse. Thanks, McKenna. That's like not to cry. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and I will say it every time I've been lucky enough to hold space for you it's it really has been an honor <laughs> thanks um 
Yeah. I, I second that if, you know, <laughs> this is, this is the work I was put on this earth to do. Um, not just with death, but your humanity in general. Like, I, I feel like I'm on a mission here to help others remember, um, that your emotions, your natural state of being is not wrong. Um, we, I feel like a lot of people often feel like they don't belong here. Like the system wasn't built for them. That's because it wasn't, <laughs> the system wasn't built for most of us. It was built for like a certain caliber, not even caliber, um, a certain type of person that can fit into that program. And that's fine. And it works for some people, but for a very large portion of us, the system isn't made for us. And I feel like I'm here to help you remember that you're there's nothing wrong with you you know your your emotions matter their information moving through the waters of your body and we are intended to be unattached to them but to learn from them as well and i feel like those are the things the space between right that shape the rock that we're getting to they shape the pillars of fulfillment and we have to learn to pay attention and to honor ourselves where we are and how we are in every moment so that we can continue to evolve. So it would be an honor to hold space for any one of you that decides um, that you need a neutral space. Um, my whole philosophy is, um, you know, without shame, without judgment and without expectation that's where you get to come. There's, there's no judgment, no shame, no expectation. You get to just be. And most of the time it's me witnessing, bearing witness to your own process. I'm, I'm not even doing anything. And that sounds silly to say because I know that I am. I'm holding a certain frequency, but um, you get space to know what your process is and to come into your own source frequency and to be led from that space. And that's to me what is the most important to be led from our source. Mm. So. <sighs> Thank you. <laughs> you feel complete? Yeah. Okay. Thank you for listening, everybody. We will. You will hear from us soon. Feel free to reach out with any questions or any inquiries to work with Jesse or myself. And we hope you have a beautiful week. <laughs> Much love. Bye. We want to keep the conversation going. So if you want to share with us your topics of contemplation or even come on the podcast as a guest to talk about things together as a team, we would love to hear from you. Send us an email at contemplativestatepodcast at gmail.com.